Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about Glass Onion, which is, I guess, the second of the Knives Out mur- murder mystery movies. Although not even Knives Out murder mystery movies. It's the Benoit Blanc murder mystery movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like Ryan Johnson wants to, almost like a James Bond-like type of thing, but only with this new character. Agatha Christie is his go-to Okay. with that. And he wants everything, he wants each film to be considered its own separate novel. So while Netflix has named this Glass Onion a Knives Out Mystery, the actual title that Ryan Johnson prefers is simply Glass Onion. That's why I referred to it as just Glass Onion. Okay. So, yeah. So we had... Is that, I'm guessing, because Netflix thinks people are not smart enough to connect the two? Probably. Okay. (laughs) Probably. And, you know... A lot of people in show business like to assume that the audience is stupid. But the really good people in show business assume the audience is smarter than that. Right, right. Ryan Johnson, I think, is probably one of those people. So Now, we had seen Knives Out a while ago. Did we do that episode? Did we do an episode on Knives Out? I want to say no. I don't think we did but we've done so many episodes now i lose track <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a spreadsheet and we should check that out before we <laughs> jump into each individual episode just to make sure since we're starting to get stuff that's like recurring you know series right, so. right yeah yeah i don't remember if we did knives out either but i remember really enjoying knives out i li- really like daniel craig he's my f- one of my well i'm gonna just say it. he's my favorite james bond i like Jamie Lee Curtis, she's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. And I really liked the theme and the feel of that first movie. How about you? I really enjoyed the first movie. It yeah. had a a great reveal at the end mm-hmm. with, you know, what happened. And I like these kind of like murder mystery type things. Right. I, I enjoy this. This is definitely up my alley as far as storyline and theming goes okay now question for you are you a fan of agatha christie i have never read anything of hers would you ever consider reading agatha 100 percent, yes okay were you a fan of angela lansbury and murder she wrote yes i love I, that. okay yeah i could see that i could see that all right well now that's the funny thing is that at one point in this movie uh blanc is on a call with stephen sondheim and natasha leone kareem abdul jabbar and Angela Lansbury, before she died. Yeah. So why don't you give us the cast and crew? All right. So this was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. This stars Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, Edward Norton as Miles Braun, Kate Hudson as Bertie J, Dave Bautista as Duke Cody, Janelle Monet as Andy Brand, Catherine Hahn as Claire DeBrella, Leslie Odom Jr. as Lionel Toussaint, Jessica Henwick as Peg, and Madeline Klein as Whiskey. Right. And Ethan Hawke as random dude on the thing. Yeah, I didn't mention him. He was hardly (laughs) in here, but... Yeah. We also have Serena Williams for a quick second (laughs) in in what I thought was a fun gag. 
Yes, and and the aforementioned Natasha Leone, Stephen Sondheim, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Angela Lasbury. So Lansbury, not Lasbury. <laughs> I never watched Murder She Wrote. That wasn't seem like Murder, something you would like. I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not huge on like. serialized tv shows from the 80s you know and and murder she wrote always felt like such an forgive me such an old lady show to watch mm-hmm. it's like dr quinn medicine woman you know like it seemed like stuff that old women would watch sitting on their couch while knitting you know i mean yeah i don't know why but it just it's like matlock you know like yeah. old people shows it's just not a thing that i, I would like watch. matlock too and just to be clear you are <laughs> younger than i am yes yes okay yeah. i just wanted to yeah. get that out now it's not something i like watch on repeat or watch i just remember watching it you know i think my folks watched it and i watched it with them and i enjoyed it so i see i see okay fair enough fair enough all right we want to get into this story sure why don't we uh, why don't we jump in All right, so the film opens. We get to see several different people receiving a mysterious box from their eclectic, ultra-wealthy friend, Miles Braun, which, after solving a series of puzzles, including a representation of the chess scenario called The Fool's Gambit, which I thought is funny when when we figure out what's going on, the contents of the boxes are revealed. They're invitations from Miles to his private Greek island for each of his friends, including Connecticut Governor Claire DiBella, scientist Lionel Toussaint, fashion magnate Bertie J, and men's rights activist and Twitch streamer Duke Cody. Men's rights activist. That's, that just killed me. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. And and we'll get into some of this stuff, but there's there's some interesting little little things that they that they throw into each of these guys' characters as represented by their costumes, by their outfits. I thought was interesting. So the invitation is to his private island for a party that is going to be where it's going to be a situation where they're going to have to solve his murder. That's how he presents it, that they're going to have to solve his murder, not, hey, we're going to play a murder mystery game. You're going to have to solve my murder. So this puzzle box thing is pretty cool. I watched this twice. Yeah. And when I watched it the second time, I started thinking about how... Even those these friends seem. What did shit Andy heads? call them? Or, she yeah. calls them shitheads. Yeah, so these shitheads. <sighs> I think some of these guys are smarter than Miles. Actually, I think they would have done just fine figuring out this puzzle box. <laughs> yeah. That I don't know that Miles could have opened it. Well, they all had to work together to do it, though. Yeah, they did, but I still don't know that Miles could have done it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Detective Benoit Blanc is playing Among Us on a Zoom call with Natasha Leone, Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who have I've mentioned now three times, and they're in it for about all of three minutes. Yeah, I was like, uh, you must be pretty excited to see these guys in here. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was cool <laughs> that, he, that here he is playing with these famous people. So Blanc is interrupted by his partner who tells him that someone has arrived with a box for Blanc. So he joins the other guests at a dock where they're going to board a boat that's going to take them to Miles's Island. And they're given an oral spray by Ethan Hawke that we are meant to take as a, as a precaution against COVID-19. So that way the friends can 
interact freely on the island. All right. So I'm going to pause right here yeah. for a sec. Yep. There is a lot of complaints that they included COVID or part of the pandemic in this movie. I feel like it's okay because this is real life. I mean, it, it happened. It's okay to put stuff like this in the movies. They didn't obsess about it. It's literally what? Two minutes of the movie? Three minutes of the movie? And not very long. No, not at all. And I think the most important part is the mask wearing gives us a little bit of insight into each of these characters and what they are like. Right. And that was the whole point of it. And then they don't talk about it again. So these people who are complaining about it, I don't understand what their complaint is because it's hardly in here. It has a purpose. It has a point. And then it moves on. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Everything that is put on screen in this movie has a point, actually, which is really fantastic. I think it's very well, very well structured. The, to your point about the face masks, Birdie is wearing one of those douchey mesh face masks cover, mask coverings. <laughs> yeah. You know, the ones that the Karens would be like, I'm wearing a mask so I can come inside, even though it didn't do anything. Oh, and then she comments later when she's not wearing that, oh my gosh, I don't have to wear a mask. I can finally breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Duke isn't wearing a mask at all, yep. which proves that he's a complete douchebag. The... The governor is wearing. Yeah, the governor is wearing a mask, but it's like coming down under her nose. Off, yeah. Under her nose, like it's it's not on there properly. Yeah, but it's not snug. Only Lionel and Blanc's masks are on pro- correctly. Yeah, and Lionel is double masked, if I remember right. Yep, he yeah. is. That is correct. Yeah, and well, and I don't know if you'll notice this, but later there's other there's other costuming things. I'll leave them for later, but there's other costuming things that that give insight into these characters as well which is i think i think really fantastic and really nicely hidden mm-hmm. unless you're really looking for it you're not going to really see all of it so but yes yeah there is there is definitely there's definitely some important details in that also on the docks mm-hmm. we have dave bautista's character make the comment disruptors assemble which I got a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they call themselves the disruptors, right? As well. So there's that. But he's but, part yeah. of the Avengers, and he's that not. Is... He's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. He... Right, but they he was, he was in the Avengers. He was in movie. the Avengers Assemble spiel when when Captain America says Avengers Assemble. Okay, critical he was there. point here. He is not an Avenger. <laughs> Drax is not an Avenger. Just because you show up in someone's comic doesn't make you an Avenger. All right, I still thought it was a cute little callback <laughs> to is. a Marvel thing. I don't think the rest of that is. It's, I, I, it's fine, just a Marvel it's callback. True. <laughs> it's true. Blanc notices that everyone else is friends and that he's the odd person out. He has no relation to the group or to Miles Braun. He learns that everyone is surprised that Andy showed up, given that Andy and Miles had a kind of public falling out and my, that my, because Miles had cut Andy out of a business deal, which we're going to learn more about later. When they get to the island, Miles is there to greet them, and he introduces them to a guest that he has on the island, Daryl. Daryl isn't there, though. He's like, I'm not here. You see him a few times throughout the movie. I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's a, he's the perfect red herring, right? I'm not here. He's really not there. He's just there to be there. It's fantastic. Right. He's a great diversion. He, he is, because... 
I kept going back to what is his purpose in right. this movie? He has no purpose. He has He's no just purpose. There. He's yeah. going through some shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great diversion. Blanc gets a chance to meet Andy when they're coming off the boat. She tells him that his shoe is untied. So that's the only time that we see him talk to Andy right off the bat. Miles shows off his house, which is a mansion, which he has titled, he's named it the Glass Onion, which is a bar, which is the name of the bar that the friends used to meet at and hang out at. Once they're there, Miles kind of tells everybody, you know, you're here to solve the murder. It's a murder mystery that he solved. Uh, he's, he's, got, he's got this whole thing set up. It's going to be a big thing, but Daryl's not involved. He's just there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he's there. He comes, shows up and goes back and forth. Later, Blanc meets with Miles in his office, and it turns out that Miles didn't invite Blanc. But Blanc received an invitation anyway, and it's this big mystery. And (laughs) Miles asks him about the puzzles that he solved. He says, please stay, you know, stay and be invited, you know, you're invited now. But tell me about the puzzles and how you solved them. He's like, oh, I'm terrible at, at, at terrible things or something like that was his comment, which I thought was hysterical. Like, he's bad at solving, like, shitty mysteries, but, like, real deep, in-depth mysteries, he's very good at solving. Well, and he makes the comments on how the puzzles were just childish. It was easy to finish. Right, right. So the guests gather at the pool, and uh, they settle in, and they start to drink and reconnect, and Whiskey appears to start getting really familiar with Miles, and Duke is, we kind of see Duke is taking notice of it. And we learn that Peg, who is Bertie's assistant, wants Bertie to ask Miles for a favor. We find out that Miles was allegedly a nobody when he met Bertie the first time. And then we get to a tirade that Andy has. And we find out that all of the friends are indebted to Miles in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's bankrolling the governor's career or setting up new clothing lines for birdie or advertising on twitch streams whatever it is miles is involved financially in all of their lives peg tries to get miles to leave birdie alone he wants her to publicly apologize for using sweatshops in bangladesh to make the sweatpants that she sells but miles won't back down on it Blanc is out exploring the grounds. He gets chased out of a garden when he lights up a cigar in this like this automated like security <laughs> thing. It says, "This is a non-smoking area. Please extinguish your cigar. This is a non-smoking area." He like runs off, throws the cigar into the into a into, into a pond. pond, and that sets off another alarm. And yeah. he's like, "Oh shit!" And it just takes <laughs> off. But when he runs out, he stumbles on Duke, who is watching into Miles's room, and there, whiskey is hooking up with Miles mm-hmm. at the same time. And Duke does not appear happy about it. Later that night, the friends gather for dinner and to start the murder mystery. But Blanc spoils the whole thing by solving the, the puzzle and correctly deducing that Bertie is the murderer and that the game was rigged to make a statue shoot a fake crossbow dart at Miles. And then... For comedic effect, the crossbow does shoot at Miles, and it causes, like, this spurt of blood. Yeah. And Miles gets kind of frustrated, and he goes back to his office to clean up. Blanc follows him, and he apologizes for ruining the surprise. But then he points out that everyone that Miles has invited 
has a reason to want to see him dead for real, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I loved this, that yeah. he just, he asked, Blanc asked, is there a prize? If you right. win, is there a prize? Yeah, yeah. And Miles an is, Miles is getting all flustered with this. Yeah. And he finally agrees that it's going to be an iPad or whatever. Right. right. And instantly he's like, well, it was Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, the prize is an iPad? Okay, I know who it is. It's her, and this is how it happened. And then he's like, I don't need the prize. I <laughs> yeah. just, you know, it, it, it's her. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny because Blanc is terrible at childish things, but then later he's going to point out that this was a pretty rudimentary murder mystery. Mm-hmm. So he's not really terrible at them. No. He just wants people to think he's terrible at them. Right. And I wonder why. I wonder if we're going to get that later on, like in another movie or something. Is there a reason that you think that, that you can think of that a detective would want people to think that he was bad at simple mysteries? I feel like it would help put people's guards down. Mm. You know, if they think he's not always on, you know, oh, maybe in just okay. sure. simple situations, maybe they that. might slip up a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. All right. Anyway, while Blanc is in Miles's office, he notices a napkin that has a whole bunch of like writing on it and Miles had it framed and it's behind his desk and he asks him about it and it's basically the the details on the conception of Alpha, which is the company that Miles is the CEO of and that he and Andy had founded together. So then they rejoin the rest of the guests and they're still drinking in the main hall. Miles shows them the Mona Lisa, the actual Mona Lisa. <laughs> this is just so crazy. I know, right? This is this is rich people shit, right? This is rich <laughs> yes. this is rich people bullshit. Yes. Basically he paid a bunch of money to loan it from or lease it from the Louvre because yeah. the Louvre is losing money because of the pandemic. Oh, they mentioned the pandemic again. Oh, darn. Sorry, people that don't want to remember that we just had a pandemic a couple of years ago. Whatever. <laughs> We're still going on, really, but more in control than it was. Anyway, so the Mona Lisa is surrounded by this complicated, super sensitive alarm system that goes off anytime there's like a, anytime there's like a noise that's too loud. It'll go, it'll shut up mm-hmm. and everything. However... There is a failsafe that is, like, right on a side table, like, out in the open. To me, this feels like it really shows Miles's audacity and arrogance. Sure. You have this priceless piece of art, and you're going to put a failsafe in to override the safety measures that <laughs> the they're putting. The things that are going to protect it, yeah. 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 And... Obviously, they focus on this enough that you know something's going to come back to play with this thing. Oh, God, the thing goes off for like 10 minutes in the movie. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, I didn't think too much of it right away, but later on when we find out what's really going on, I took this to be a different characteristic of Miles. Okay. And I think I can I think I can say this now. I think it's it's how stupid of you to leave this thing right out here in the open where anybody can use it. Yeah. Like that is a really stupid move. Yeah. We're going to find out later that Miles isn't nearly as smart as he pretends to be. He's an idiot. He is completely an idiot. (laughs) Blanc is going to, is just going to out him as a moron right off, like right at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie. And this, 
once 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 it became apparent that Blanc knew that he was a dummy, I thought to myself, "Oh boy, that's going to come back into play big time." Yeah, it's some way, right? And it does. It does. Miles also reveals that he has developed a new hydrogen-based fuel that is largely untested and, according to Lionel, quite volatile and dangerous. Miles calls the new energy clear, with a K. (laughs) And he's actively using it to power the glass onion so that he can have proof for his investors that it's going to work. But Andy calls Miles out for his recklessness, and Duke then says to Andy, hey, you lost fair and square, so you're going to have to live with that. So Andy takes off. She leaves. She wanders off. The others continue to visit, and Duke takes Miles aside and shows him something on his phone, and he says, this is kind of a game changer, right? And Miles says, yeah, definitely. And he says, maybe something that could get me on Alpha News. Which Miles is like, yeah, absolutely, definitely, we'll work something out. So he celebrates a little bit with them, and then he fixes a drink, sits down next to Duke, and then almost immediately Duke picks up his drink and takes a drink, and then he starts choking. Mm -hmm. The others try and help him, but they can't, and Duke dies. Then his phone goes missing. They can't find his phone. It was just in his hand. They were just talking about how he keeps getting all these notifications. Notification after notification after notification because he's got Google alerts for everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. So they also noticed that his gun, which he always has on him, is missing as well. But then the lights go out and the, the clock... They have this, they, okay, so the, the island has this gong that goes off every hour. And it basically is just a person going, gong. <laughs> and it strikes at 10. And Whiskey shows up saying Andy was ransacking their rooms. And Blanc leaves. And he finds Andy outside the glass onion. And he confronts her. And they start talking. But then someone that we can't see who it is shoots Andy. And Blanc takes everybody back into the glass onion and gets them away from the dead body. And that is when we get a flashback. You want to address anything before we jump into flashback mode here? No, because I think in the flashback here is where stuff will start making sense. Mm -hmm. Start putting it all together here. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. So, we get the flashback starts back when Blanc received his invitation. So, his partner says to him... Hey, you know, someone's here for you. And they brought a box. And Blanc shows up. And it's Helen, who is Andy's twin sister. She brings the a smashed up puzzle box to him. Now, when, when we first see Andy, she smashes the puzzle box instead of trying to solve the puzzles. Which I didn't even think of until we started getting this flashback. Like, why was Andy not able to just puzzle through it like everybody else? She was hitting it. So I was like, what? But on rewatch, it's like, ah, okay, they show us. (laughs) Yep. So she tells Blanc that Andy was murdered, but that everybody thinks it was a suicide. 
She thinks that it was Miles. Miles had cut Andy out of the development of Clear because she said she wouldn't back it because it was dangerous. So we get like this, like a flashback within a flashback. We find out that Miles went behind Andy's back to get Claire, Bertie, Lionel, and Duke to testify that Miles is the one that came up with Alpha. Even like he, he produces the napkin and shows it to everybody in the in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And with that, with their testimony, helps seal the deal. And Andy is out, and that's that. Now. we learn later that Andy actually drew this. We learn in this flashback that Andy actually drew the original version of this, Mm -hmm. which is going to be kind of the crux for the whole thing. After the court case, Andy goes home and she starts wrecking her stuff. She starts tearing some of her stuff down. She's angry. She's frustrated. And she finds the napkin that she had had drawn originally. Mm Mm-hmm. And she takes a picture of herself, putting it in an envelope, and she sends an email to all of the four friends, plus, or just the four friends, right? Not, yeah, because it's Duke, Lionel, Claire, and Birdie. Those are the ones that she sends it to. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, hey, I'm going to tell everybody what's really going on. Right. Now, the napkin, the real napkin proves that Miles stole this whole concept for Alpha from Andy. Right. Okay? And she was going to reveal this whole thing to the group when she she supposedly committed suicide. And whoever did this even left a note next to her body. But the envelope that had the napkin in it was missing from the house. They couldn't find it. Which makes Helen think that somebody killed her. Right? Mm -hmm. Blanc convinces Helen to pose as Andy for the trip to the island because nobody else thinks that knows that she's dead. The only person that knows that she's dead is one person, Miles. Right. Right? During the events at the island, we get to see the other side of the whole thing. We get to see Blanc coaching Andy, or excuse me, Helen. (laughs) I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that a lot here, right? Because it's, she's now she's a different character. Right. So we get to see Blanc coaching Helen on how to avoid suspicion. We get to see her gathering evidence as far as like motive. And she's got a little book. She's writing it all in. She's got motive and what is the... what she's Opportunity. At? Opportunity. Motive and opportunity. So she's got like columns and she's marking off who has motive, who has opportunity. It looks like a little clue box. It's like a like clue the, box. Like the yes. game clue. <laughs> it does look like a clue box. It's great. While she's doing all this gathering... We find out that Claire and Lionel are suspicious of Clear. We find out that Birdie is going to take the fall for the sweatshop debacle. <laughs> and it's one of the funnier things in the whole damn movie for me. It turns out that she agreed to use this sweatshop via email because she thought... Now... <laughs> <laughs> She's she so thought, dumb. <laughs> she thought that a sweatshop is where they produce sweatpants, which is what she was selling. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all, though, because of the other incidences she's been involved in that they talked about in the right. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where she, she compared herself to 
Harriet Tubman. Right. Yes. And then she, it sounds like she did like a blackface costume yes. or something. Oh, God. So she sounds like she's really not smart at she all. She is dumb as a brick. So along the way, Helen ends up speaking with Whiskey as Andy. She's still presenting to be Andy. So when she encounters Whiskey, Whiskey thinks she's Andy. And she finds out that Whiskey is unhappy with her relationship with Duke. And Duke had asked Whiskey to seduce Miles to get Duke on Alpha News. But Miles still wouldn't do it. So basically, when we saw when we saw Duke watching this whole thing, he wasn't angry. He was intent. He wanted to make sure that what he wanted would happen. Yeah, he's having his girlfriend do stuff to right. get him further in life. Yeah, exactly. Jerk. But Miles won't do it because he's hawking boner pills. What were they? Rhino horn boner pills. Right? Is that what he calls them? Rhino horn boner pills? I don't remember. He now. doesn't want like a dude whose Twitch stream in- involves hawking boner pills to teenagers <laughs> on his on his alpha news thing. Anyway, Blanc coached Helen to lose that argument about clear that happened right before Duke gets killed when Duke says, you know, just get out or whatever. And she leaves. So that, that way she could leave the, leave the room and search the guest rooms for the envelope with the napkin in it, which is what triggers Whiskey to come in after the lights go out and say she, that Andy was ransacking their rooms. So when Blanc rendezvous with Helen outside of the Glass Onion after she gets ejected and she's shot, we actually get to see that she survived this assassination attempt. And the only way that she did it is that book that she was writing in it, this little hardback little notebook Mm -hmm. that she was writing her motive and opportunity in, was in her suit coat breast pocket. Yep. And it stopped the bullet. But then, Blanc, thinking quickly, says, we're going to use this Jeremy Renner hot sauce... Well, I was like, why is he carrying that around? <laughs> because he, because he was because Miles offered it to him. Don't you remember when he, when he when he had some he had something with sure, the hot but sauce? Why on wouldn't it. he just take it to his room well, and he, he goes to his room? Pocket. Right? He just, just put it in room his pocket. Later. He had it in his pocket. Yeah. So Miles had offered it, it to out. him. Yeah, gave it to him as like a gift. And he puts it in his thing, and it worked out because he needs it to pretend that there's blood, right? <laughs> yeah. So he throws that. She he gives that to Andy. Andy throes it on herself. He puts some in his eyes, like cause so he can like have tears in his eyes. Yeah, he wants to look like he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my god, that that it was it was a funny sequence because Daniel Craig really sells the whole ow shit ow 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 you know that <laughs> right. whole bit. Yeah. And then he gets everybody back into. The glass onion, so that Andy can, or not Andy, but Helen can go back and start looking for this thing again. Now she goes to Miles's office, and there she finds the envelope. So when she finds the envelope in Miles's office, her phone dings with a notification, and she starts to get these sympathy wishes mm-hmm. for Andy's death. So basically, it's. The news is broken. It's become public. Andy is dead. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, this is when my when Blanc is ousting Miles for being an idiot. Yeah, he uses made up words. He comes up with shitty ideas. His puzzles are terrible. And further, Blanc says Miles is the one that killed Duke. And 
even though Miles basically okay, so when it happened, Miles pointed out that Duke had taken a drink from the glass that had Miles's name on it, which everybody has their glass with their own name on it. Right. Trying to make it look like somebody was gunning for him. Yep. For Miles. But even though he did that, Blanc says, okay, think back. Don't don't think about what he told you happened. Think about what actually happened. And everybody remembers that Miles fixed the drink, and then when he sat down, he actually handed the drink to Duke. Mm-hmm. Not Duke picking up the wrong drink, or Duke picking up Miles' drink accidentally, but Miles handing it to him. And on rewatch... I watched the first take through on this yeah. and he did hand it to him. Yep. So they had it right. I mean, they showed it just like that. Yep. So it's amazing what your brain will fill in based on what people say. Yeah. Versus what you actually saw. Right. So I love that they did that. I'm sure if some people caught it, I did not. I didn't. I was I still like thinking, what the hell's going on here? I didn't catch it until I watched it again. And right. then. And I wanted, when I watched it again, I wanted to look for stuff like that to see, okay, did they lead us down that path or are they just blowing smoke and making us, you know, look at different things? But they did. They had it in there. Right. So the way that he had done it is that he put pineapple juice in the drink and Duke is deathly allergic to pineapple. Yeah. We find this out on the dock. Yes. When he's getting ready to get sprayed with the COVID thing. Yep. He says, there's not pineapple in that, right? Because the Duke don't do pineapple or something like that. So it was seeded early, early on. So much of this was just planted and there for you to find if you know where you're looking. And on rewatch, you can say, you can see, oh my God, like, yeah, I can see where this... I could I misinterpreted this. I saw mm-hmm. this the wrong way, you know? Yep. I wasn't looking at it the right way and bam, here it is. Yeah. So Duke had witnessed Miles leaving Andy's house days earlier and was nearly hit by Miles as Miles made his getaway. The friends had all gone to check on Andy when she threatened to expose the friends as perjurers for review by revealing the real Alpha Napkin. But Andy hadn't answered the door and Miles had because Miles had killed her. Miles had gotten a fax from Lionel. Now, Miles doesn't have email. He's only got a fax machine. He doesn't doesn't have have cell phone. He doesn't have a cell phone, no computer, just a fax machine. I don't understand that. For somebody who's supposed to be super smart and you still get your information from fax? What? Rich, Rich people bullshit. It's rich people bullshit. So. And he presents it like, oh, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. That was what it set everything into motion. So at that moment, Helen arrives back in the main area and she's got the napkin that proves that Andy was the real mastermind behind Alpha. And they're like, well, how are you going to prove that? And she says, well, because this one's very simple. The glass onion closed four years ago or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. remember. You, you watched it twice. What, do, what does she say? How many years was it prior? Oh, I don't remember how many years. Yeah, okay. Closed. Well, it's, yeah. it, it had closed before the trial. Yep. So there was no way that he could have written it on the right type of a napkin because the glass onion had napkins that say glass onion on them. Yes. And Andy's has glass onion on it. Miles's does not. But it doesn't matter because Miles just burns the damn napkin anyway. I I thought she was being really 
casual about flaunting that napkin around. It's a napkin for God's <laughs> sake. Somebody can just rip it up or whatever. So right. I, I thought she was not being as protective of it as maybe she should be, but she's just trying to prove a point at that point. Yeah. She, she's definitely feeling her victory at that point, mm-hmm. but not taking into account the, the fact that miles can just burn that thing. Right. Yeah. The rest of the group won't stick up for Andy to say, hey, we saw that. They're all siding with Miles still. Because they're all a bunch of shitheads. They're all a bunch of shitheads, and that's what she says. And Blanc says, you know, I've done everything I can. He leaves, but he hands Andy a drink, and he says, you know, you, you do your best thinking when you've had a drink. Yeah. She chugs the drink, and then she just starts smashing stuff. She smashes all of his expensive, like, sculptures, glass sculptures, and then sets fire to this pit in the middle of the room. I love that everybody else starts participating. Like, right. Like, they, I think they start getting, like, yeah, let's show him, you yep. know? And they start breaking stuff, too, and everybody's participating. You can feel the turn. Yes. You can feel the turn at that point. But then we get the real reveal. Blanc didn't just hand her a drink. He handed her a sample of clear. Yep. And as we know from earlier, the whole glass onion is powered by it. Mm-hmm. So she turns and she throws that into the fire, which causes a massive explosion and destroys the glass onion. But nobody gets seriously hurt and all this glass flying around. <laughs> nobody gets seriously hurt. Nope. The mansion is burning. And Helen trips the failsafe for the Mona Lisa enclosure. The the look on Miles's face when he realizes what she's going to do is so great. Yes. And then the fact that he can't stop her. I mean, he's he can he's there before she is. He could tackle her down or something, but he's so incapable of doing anything. He can't even like push her out of the way or anything. He's a complete moron. <laughs> He's a complete moron and a fraud or like a just complete fraud too. Yeah. Yeah. So the Mona Lisa, the real Mona Lisa in the film world burns and Miles mocks Helen saying that, look, you still don't have proof that Andy was, you know, the, the person that came up with alpha, but then the other friends start to turn and they agree to testify against Miles. Not only that, yeah. but he says, what was this for? Do you feel better? What did this accomplish? And she says, your energy source dis- just destroyed the Mona Lisa. Right. So she financially she took him down. Took him down. Yep. And she knew that this, this source wasn't safe because he overheard Lionel talking about it and how yeah. dangerous it was. Yeah, she overheard that. Yeah, absolutely. And at one point, Miles said, I want to be remembered in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. And she says, now you will be. Yeah. Now you will be. It was so good. It was a great cathartic moment. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Blanc and Daryl are out on the <laughs> beach watching the whole thing burn, having a cigar. Like, yeah, this is great. Daryl, who was just there. He's yep. just there. There he is again. He's just there. Just there. And the police show up at the island, and that's the end of the movie. All right. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. First of all, there are different things in each person's costume that give them 
that 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 give you a deeper insight into their character. The big one for me was Toussaint. Okay. Lionel has a wishbone on his lapel at one point in the movie. Okay. Which means he's being pulled in two separate directions. What do you do with a wishbone? You pull it apart, right? Yeah. He's pulled in two different directions. He wants the money that Miles gives him, but he is unclear on clear. He doesn't believe in it, right? Birdie is just a distraction. What do we see? What do we have when Birdie is wearing that dress and she's twirling around? She's literally used as a distraction. She's not, she's just eye candy in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they use her for. They use her as a distraction. Good stuff. Good stuff. I loved it. I loved that they used costumes, including the face masks, to give us insight into the characters. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any notes? I know that you were watching some some videos and stuff on that. I have a few things I want to talk about. Sure. One, you talked about the hourly dong. <laughs> the dong. The, it just goes dong. Yeah, Every dong. Hour. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the voice of the hourly dong. <laughs> and he appears in all of Ryan Johnson's films. Okay. Not always on screen, but in Knives Out, he's in that one too. And he's the voice on the computer. Like somebody's watching a movie on a little laptop or something. Yeah. And his voice is on there. Oh. So he is somehow in all of Ryan Johnson's films. Was he in Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie? Yep. What was he in Star Wars? I think he was one of the creatures or something like that or a voice of one of the creatures or something so he's not always physically in them right sometimes it's just his voice but he is in every single one of them yeah i mean they go way back he was in brick which is ryan johnson's very first movie as director so that's cool they're in he's in everything that he's done huh yep i'm gonna have to go back and look for him now or listen for him (laughs) that's hysterical that's great i did not know that huh okay cool all right in Miles' living room, he's got a lot of artwork in there. Mm-hmm. He has what's called number 207, which is a Rothko painting. But the painting is intentionally upside down oh, to illustrate the character's superficial appreciation of art. <laughs> okay. And one of the paintings in there is of Edward Norton from Fight Club. That's from Fight Club? <laughs> There's one of them in That's there. amazing. Okay, I saw a picture of Miles, like, all ripped and, like, standing there half, you know, with no shirt on. Yeah. But that's from Fight Club, huh? Yeah. Okay, I love Fight it. Club, yeah. That's great. Did not know that. Ethan Hawke's cameo wasn't planned in advance. He was nearby in Budapest shooting Moon Knight, and he came to Greece for a day to just shoot that scene. Wow. Well, he came over... To a vastly better production, I would say. <laughs> if I could put my my two cents in on Moon Knight there. All right. And then Ryan Johnson briefly considered a running joke of having Daniel Craig play Benoit Blanc's character with a different accent in each film and not really explain why. But he decided to scrap that. Okay. He didn't do it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad he decided not to I, do that. We, I'm sure we would have all been very confused by it. Yeah. That Although Daniel Craig did say that he forgot the accent between filmings. And so he had to to like retrain to pick up that accent again. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
Well, yeah, Daniel Craig is British, so. Yeah, Daniel Craig, honestly, my favorite Bond. I know I said that earlier, and I feel like a lot of people are going to come down on me about that if if they're listening to this. A lot of people love Sean Connery, or they like, you know, Roger Moore, or they like Pierce Brosnan, or whatever. But I liked the I liked the the bonds that were kind of back to basics, like Timothy Dalton. He was kind of a back to basics Bond, and I love Daniel Craig as Bond. I'm just I just love his character in Bond. So, cool. Yeah, I just I really love I've Daniel Craig. Never, I, think he's a good actor. I don't think I've seen any of his Bond movies. You have you bored? You sat bored through Spectre. I remember. Oh, okay. You were you were watching the clock the whole time. I'm not a big. James Bond. I mean, what? I've seen I some. I don't understand. And I don't know. I, I you like the Bourne movies. I love the Bourne movies. <laughs> yeah, see, but... the same thing. It's murder spy, murder <sighs> spy. Know. It's spy thriller things, and that's what Bond is. Yeah. Come on. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll be in the right mood and I'll enjoy it. Who knows? Well, Casino Royale is a great place to start. All right, we'll think about it. We will. All right. When Netflix bought the rights for this film, a third movie also began development. So there is a third movie in development with Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig returning. Fantastic. I, I hope they make these as long as they can and still keep them as good as this I one like the, the idea that it's separate stories. They're not connected, mm-hmm. but you have the one central character. It's like Poirot, right? Agatha Christie. Again, I don't know. I, I haven't read that, so. But you've seen Murder on the Orient Express. The main guy, Hercule Poirot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Okay. Poirot was a character that was in all kinds of Agatha Christie novels. None of them were connected other than through the fact that they shared a main protagonist. Sure. I like it, too. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And the last little tidbit is an alternate casting. Kaylee Kuko for Birdie. She she lost out to Kate Hudson, and okay. apparently she was very upset. She really wanted that part. So I think she would have done a really good job based on her flight attendant performance. Mm-hmm. She was really good in flight attendant, which yeah. I think there's a second season of that. We should. Watch I think that. there is. We should. I really yeah. enjoyed the first season. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good season. Yeah. All right. No other notes. I've covered everything. Anything How about else you? you want to talk about specifically within this movie? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. Let's do our thing. Keep, rent, or erase, Jennifer, and why? I think I'm going to keep this one. I watched it twice, and I loved it both times. <laughs> I feel like I could watch it again and still maybe pick up on some things. Because the second time I was watching it, I was trying to look for the clues. And and I didn't pick up on some of the stuff you talked about with like the costuming and stuff. So I feel like yeah. I almost want to watch it again. And like the artwork in the background. I, yeah. I want to see if I can pick up some more of that stuff. Because it was interesting. They... They make that stuff mean something in here, and they tell an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I didn't see who the killer was. I didn't anticipate it until it started unraveling, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so what's interesting is my first thought was that it was Edward Norton. Oh, yeah? Like, that was my first thought. But then when I think, I think when Duke choked to death, that's when I was like, oh my God, it's not Edward Norton. Who the hell is it then? <laughs> because my mind filled in the blank that he, that he pointed out. Oh, well, he, he must have picked up my drink. Okay, sure. So I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was my first thought, and then I was completely off of it. I was on to other people. I was like, I, at one point, I thought it was Daryl. I was like, it must be Daryl. 
<laughs> he's got to have like well, it why must else be somebody. is he there? Right? Yeah, he's there for something, right? Nope, not Daryl. Yeah. Well, it was it was Miles all along. Yeah. How about you? Keep renter a race from me. Yeah. I'm gonna go with keep. Okay. I'm gonna definitely go with keep. This is a this is a hard keep. I love Ryan Johnson as a director. Honestly, I've seen. I've seen Looper, I've seen The Last Jedi, I've seen Knives Out, and now I've seen Glass Onion, and I've enjoyed all of them. I Brick has been on my radar for a long time. I have not gone back and seen it yet. I I love everything that this man has done, and he hasn't disappointed me yet. So, Last Jedi, one of my top three Star Wars movies. That might lose us some listeners, so maybe I should cut that out, but... Last Jedi is one of my top three Star Wars movies. I was going to say, boy, that's a com- controversial statement there. <laughs> it is a controversial statement, but he actually went he went and did something daring. He mm-hmm. didn't do the same old BS. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think he did here. I think he went a little daring with this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, I want to I watch this again. Let's get this on 4K. Let's watch all the special features. Let's watch it. Let's make a, a once a year or once every couple of years. Let's watch through all the Knives Out movies or the, yeah. what's his name? Well, Benoit if we have Blanc a movies. third one and maybe a fourth one, then we can kind of make a movie marathon of it. There we go. There we go. All right. Fair enough. So what's next? All right. Next week, we are going to cover The Woman King. The Woman King. This one came out last year, right? End of the year last year? I believe it released last fall in like September or something. Oh, yeah. That's when it's been out for a while. Okay, cool. So things that I've seen about this make me think about Wakanda, which I know is a fictional fictional mm-hmm. world, but this tribe of, of Amazonian warrior women make me think of the Dora Milaje. So... Okay, well, sure. That, I see that. Should be an interesting should be an interesting watch. Yes, I'm excited. Cool. All right, so next week right here on the couch, Viola Davis. I mean the Woman King. Thanks for listening everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.